This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. I don't know how it can be considered a rivalry when I've been the one on the receiving end of all of them. Uh, so, you know, we'll leave that for, for you and, and other media members to discuss, and, and, you know, I'll just leave it at that. You're tuned in to Junior Motorsports Upfront, presented by Dale's Pale Ale, the original craft beer in a can. Visit OscarBlues.com to find out where Dale's is sold near you today. Now here's your host, Regan Smith and Heath White. All right, welcome to another episode of Junior Motorsports Upfront, brought to you by Dale's Pale Ale. I'm Heath White, in the studio as always with Regan Smith. I would be Regan. And you would be first names over here, working the, the mics, trying not to screw too many things up. Regan, let's, uh, I don't know what we have to talk about this week. Pretty quiet week, huh? <laughs> yeah, no news. Nothing happened at the racetrack after the race. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about the elephant in the room here. We have a picture of Angry Regan. First name got this for us. Um, as you went up to talk to Ty after the Watkins Glen race. And I will say this. I've worked with you for two and a half years now. I've seen a lot of faces of Regan Smith. This is one I, I've the many not. The many faces of Regan. This is an angry... I, I don't know what you'd call this. Otherworldly, maybe? I would say not too many people have seen that face because it takes a lot to get me quite to that point. Yeah. And, uh, but now it feels like a lot of people have probably seen that face rather rather through uh, different internet sources or, or whatever it may be. So, uh, yeah, uh, it... it uh, I think the obvious thing was I was pretty fired up after that race and, and you know, I feel like rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's... Uh, that's the passion of our sport. That's why we do it. We don't do it because we go out there to, you know, to be happy-go-lucky and and yay. We do it because we want to go out there and, and race hard and win. And uh, you know, when you when you feel like you've been wronged, then sometimes you just gotta you gotta handle it. And this is not the play. Obviously, let's just clarify to everyone listening. We're not, you know, we're not here to to talk trash. Regan is a gentleman, and he will take care of his own business on the track. He's not going to do it on social media. He's not going to do anything like that. Um, but we do, you know, looking at the, your issues you've had with Ty over the past few years, they kind of go even back to last year. So the folks that maybe just turned on the TV on last Saturday and saw everything that's going on, there's a lot that kind of build up to that. Um, yeah, I, you know, I think from my perspective, I've been on the receiving end uh, on, on more than one occasion and uh, from, you know, from that car. And uh, that's the frustrating part, and that's the part that really builds and, and – uh, you know, I, I think this year, for the most part, we had done a, a good job of, of racing each other hard, racing each other clean, and, and kind of had an understanding of how we were going to run each other. And, uh, you know, I, I I didn't take very nicely to the move that was made on Saturday. I, I feel like, and, and I don't mean to say this arrogantly, but there's certain guys in our series that are very good at braking and in braking zones. And, uh, you know, as we talked earlier before we came on the show, if you outbreak them, it probably means you have missed the corner, whether it's a restart or whatever. Uh, for me to get in any deeper into that corner, I would have wadded the two, uh, the 22, or whichever car was leading. I think the 22 was mm-hmm. leading at the time. I would have wadded him up and, and wrecked him and the 33, likely. And, uh, you know, I don't race that way. I, if we're going to get it, we're going to get it clean. We're going to race hard, but we're going to, you know, we're going to get it the right way. And uh wasn't even on my radar for a car to possibly be inside. Furthermore, because I was on the bottom of the racetrack, so there's not... Uh, there's nowhere to go. You're right. not going to go from fourth on the outside and then cut across the racetrack, dive bomb, make it into one, go three wide, and, and get that position. And, and you know, on a road course, um, I feel like, uh, you know, probably most of us or, or the majority of the field has enough experience to understand that and, and realize that. And, 
you know, whatever the, the circumstances are, even if it's in a racing situation, if you outbreak me, you're probably going to miss the corner. I got a lot of confidence in my ability to break on the road courses, and, and, you know, I work hard on that. I do a lot of things to, to continually improve that. And, uh, you know, it was a, a bad situation that we got the, the raw end of the deal from. And, uh, you know, naturally the, the thing you look at the most is, we had fought hard to claw back into the points and get it to where, okay, now we're back at it mm -hmm. and we're back in it. And one move like that can, can completely take you, you know, three weeks of, of hard work and, and gaining takes all three weeks of that, that hard work away. And, and now we got to go back at that again and, and start trying to do that. Um, it gets more difficult because now there's far less races to do that in right. and, uh, and, a, and a bigger margin to, to close up in those races. But, uh, you know, the good part is, is I know I know what I've got for a team behind me. I know how hard we're going to work uh, for the next however many races, 12, I think, 12 or 13 races that are left. 13, yeah. 13. Yeah, 13. And, uh, and you know, that's all we can do. And, and when the season's over, see where it stacks up, see where we shape up. Um, the, the luxury we have now is we don't have to worry quite as much about not making the mistakes because we've just got to go out and, and do everything we can to win races and, and take chances to make that happen. Um, and and go from there. Yeah, and uh, I mean, kind of the the fact that you have been running well on the road courses, anyways. And you know, we we said this last week. Every time we go on the road course, you hear all these names. And um, Regan Smith's name isn't one that you hear, but it seems like one, when when the race starts, you're <laughs> you're. I mean, he ran second. If you if you look back over my three years here, or two and a half, whatever you want to call it, I we have run top five every road course I've been here, top five, and run strong enough to either finish top three or even potentially win all of them. Mm -hmm. And and that's the most frustrating part for me is we've got nothing to show from any of them. And it's not by our own hand of making mistakes on our own. I think we had one one race where we made a mistake as a team, and, and it cost us a, a top five run, and, uh, and that was the Glen last year. But outside of that one, it's not been of our own hand. It's been of, of other things and, and other people just doing bonehead stuff that makes absolutely no sense to you. And, uh, you know, we could be sitting here talking about almost, you know, 10 straight top fives on a road course. Instead, we're talking about, wow, Regan never finishes good at a road course. Well, that's not the case. Look back yeah. at it. We're always up there. We're always in the hunt. And, and maybe that, you know, sometimes that can be the curse. A lot of times you look at the top five when these races are over, and it's guys that didn't run anywhere near the top five all day long. Um, and and that's, uh, that's just how these things shape up sometimes. And we talked earlier a little bit um, before we started the show about our sport needing rivalries. Would you consider the, the Regan-Smith-Ty Dillon uh, scenario a rivalry at this point? I think that's best for other people to, to decide and talk about. Um, you know, it's, uh, as I said, I, I don't know how it can be considered a rivalry when I've been the one on the receiving end of all of them. Uh, so, you know, we'll leave that for, for you and, and other media members to discuss, and, and, you know, I'll just leave it at that. It's interesting, though. I, first name, we're, we're going to laugh about this for a second. I, I think... It seems to me like whenever there's incidents between drivers at the track, the following week they always end up running together. Or you know, and somehow in in the in the garage their haulers are always lined up next to each other. I don't. I haven't looked at the points, um, but I'm pretty confident. I think we're parked right next to them, points wise. Unless I, and again, I didn't look at the shakeup and and who's wearing owner points and everything like that. But they park the haulers based on owner points. Pretty confident we're going to probably park right next to each other. Um, Mid-Ohio, I guess, the, you know, if you want to look at it one way, is there's, for whatever reason, in the garages there, they've got cages up in between each they of them. They actually do, yeah. yeah they, or <laughs> it's just, it's fences. I don't know why they put them in there. Right. But it, the, the, I, 
you know, maybe sports car racing, they like to keep their stuff locked up differently than us or something. But, uh, but yeah, that'll, that's always entertaining. And you can pretty much guarantee that we'll qualify right next to each other, ride on the same pace truck together prior to the race. That's just is that that's ever how awkward? it works in NASCAR. Is that, is that ever awkward? I mean, uh, well, I mean, it's always awkward. Well, I'm saying from my standpoint, I don't, you know, you, you sometimes you can't avoid these people, but you're forced to deal with them. So how, how, how is that like? I mean, do you let them make the first move in terms of talking, like, or do you just kind of ignore each other and just go go about your business? I, you know, I don't know. I would, I guess, I would say you probably just ignore each other. Is is typically how that goes down. Um, you know, and that's the that's the beauty of NASCAR is it, it does always seem to work out that way. We've seen a number of situations like that in the past, and and uh, you know, it's it's not like other sports where you play them and then you go away and, and you're gone for you know ten weeks before you play them again or right. you don't see them again for a while. Um, that's the the difference is all 43 teams are out there every week every together week. and and or 40 excuse me in our series 40 teams and uh, you know it's uh, it's always it's always right there. And I did we did have a question come in um, from Twitter that I wanted to touch on real quick and this is from uh, Brandon 87 uh, and he said Regan Smith tough day but you'll get those points back he was he was confident but he asked where I was he said where was Heath White to help you out on pit road. <laughs> He said those RCR guys had you outnumbered. Yes, you were a little outnumbered. However, I was in the comfort of the media center at the time. Since was the air conditioning good? It was. Was it? But what it happened? was actually, you didn't need air conditioning this no. weekend up there. No, it was, it was beautiful up there this weekend. But what had happened, uh, Brandon, I was actually doing PR for Ben Rhodes th- last weekend. So um, Ben had some, some issues there mechanically. This so is Heath digging himself out of his hole, yeah. <laughs> he, hey, I, I'll say this. Trying to, trying I watched to it on TV like everyone else, and it was pretty entertaining. I'll say that. That's, that's all I'll say. Well, I, I don't know that entertaining was what I was really going for. I, uh, you know, there's a lot of passion in what we do, and mm-hmm. I have a lot of passion in what I do, and uh, you know, I, I don't think take things lightly um, when I feel like it's wrong. And you certainly uh, have a way of standing up for yourselves. And this is why fans can relate to this because everyone, you know, we talked about football, and first name's a big Panthers fan, and Regan's a hockey fan, and you see guys get into altercations in those sports, but it's different because typically sometimes it's an ego thing or it's a, I'm, I'm better than you thing when when you involve race cars and people i think everyone can relate to getting road rage so i guess <laughs> if, if no one can understand these situations just tell me hey, next time you're driving down 77 and someone cuts you off that anger that you feel you or know, whatever interstates in your area right some I people mean, might not know where 77 is that's that's the, the charlotte interstate but <laughs> you know who who hasn't got wanted to get out of their car and just you know beat the snot out of somebody so i feel like when we see you guys do this stuff for me i completely understand where you're coming from it, uh, you know, and we're doing it at a, a far greater speed. And, uh, and a lot more is on the line, too. There's quite a bit on the line, mm-hmm. yeah. It's not like we're just going to be late to work or something like that. That's, uh, that, there's definitely a lot there. So. And speaking of, you know, we'll, we're going to get a couple more uh, questions on this deal, and then we'll, we'll move on to mid-Ohio. Um, but this is not the first time a junior motorsports driver, if you remember back in the day, we had Brad Keselowski and Denny Hamlin had a pretty pretty good thing going there in terms of. Well, he also had one going with uh, Carl Edwards at the same time. Yes. So, yeah. you know, Brad was kind of all over the place back then. And we actually did have a situation before. We had uh, uh, Martha McGrath was one of our PR managers when I first started. And she actually uh, got in between Brad and Denny. And there was there was a lot of talk about that because everyone's like, oh, Brad needs a woman to fight his battles. And that wasn't the case. Martha was just, you know, doing doing what she thought was right. But here's the thing. From a PR standpoint, and I know Regan doesn't care about this, but there's really no criteria. We don't have, you know, we don't have a company policy. I was just wondering when I came in here today how we were going to make this about heat because <laughs> I knew that somehow it was going to get spun into somehow being about heat. I was just saying we don't have a company policy for PR reps in these situations. It's kind of like, hey, 
I, I don't think anybody does. Nobody has a policy on it's those situations. You, you, you Again, look at it as you go. What we do is very passionate, and and everybody out there is passionate about their jobs and about their careers and about what uh, what's going on. And uh, you, you can't. I guess the best way to put it is you can't write a manual on it and say this is how you handle it, this is how you don't handle it. This is because every situation is going to be unique and different in its own right. And uh, you know that's that's really. It's it's one of them things you can't you can't script it and say this is how it's got to go. We do like to be prepared though. So from a PR standpoint, preparation. We, we yeah. This is the management <laughs> talking now. <laughs> we just like to have a, a you know sc- scenarios in place, but this is one that we don't. But I will say this: your PR guy Ron Lemasters, he did a great job this week, and you know why? First name. Not only he did he take a punch. Well, no, he didn't take a punch. But not only did he get involved and try to break it up, but he also held on to Regan's water bottle and his towel all at the same time. And when all was said and done and Regan was off to the garage. I was thirsty after yeah, that. Yeah. Ron still had everything in his hand, so I'll give Ron a lot of credit. It was like a, it was like a juggling act. Believe it or not, my water bottle actually in the race, for whatever reason, was siphoning out, and I, w- I couldn't get any water. So I had like two sips of Gatorade the entire race. And you pretty wore out. Well, I wasn't wore out. I was just, man, I was thirsty and uh I was happy to see you held on to that water bottle <laughs> through all that because I was looking for a cooler to grab something at some point. So, yeah, Ron Ron passed with flying colors in that situation. Uh, but let's uh, – you know, we got some feedback on Twitter too, and everyone was kind of saying, you know, Regan, Regan's got some hockey-style moves there. So when we go back and watch that, I think that's definitely the case. Yeah, I, I haven't watched it, nor will I, but uh, – but Some um, of your motivation – I'm sure. I'm sure I'll be forced to watch it at the Christmas party or something at some point. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Worry. I'm not going to be able to get away from it. <laughs> yeah, Mike so. Davis won't let you get away with that. <laughs> All right. So we'll shift gears here. Um, look ahead to what's coming up this weekend. We go back to another road course this time at Mid Ohio, and I believe that's a little over two miles, 13 turns, a lot of elevation changes, very, blind yeah, corners. Very technical. A lot of elevation. In terms of of Watkins Glen and Mid Ohio couldn't be two more different road courses on the circuit. It would be the uh, best comparison you could give it would be Sears Point and Watkins Glen. Drive completely different. Um, uh, you use a lot different technique at the two of them to, to get around them fast. Watkins Glen's really momentum based. You really got to keep your speed up, keep it going. Mid Ohio is, is completely different. You got to you know get through the corners good. You got to hit your marks, be in the right position on the racetrack for the next corner. So um, it, it's uh, it's a challenging road course. It's narrow for an Indy car. Mm-hmm. It's even narrower <laughs> for a stock car. When the first time I rode around that place, I looked and I said, we're going to race around here? And then I said, where are we going to pass, number one? Number two, where are we going to restart? And it, it, it is a challenging track, and, and there's some, some corners there that no matter how many times you've been through them, no matter how many times you've done it, they can jump out and bite you if you're not careful, uh, and, and you know you have to pay really close attention to them. Where is the best place to pass there? If if don't give away too many secrets, there's really only two good passing zone and zones, and that's the keyhole, which uh-huh. is turn two, and going into what they call turn four after the back straightaway. So you go through the keyhole on down the long hill. straightaway, yeah. and uh, and there's another passing zone down in there that's pretty good. Outside of that, you can pass other places, but guys have to really make a mistake, slip up, get loose. Um, and, and get out of line pretty severely to make that happen. And and furthermore, you can pass other places, but again, as we've discussed on road courses, it's not going to work out good for one or the other is, is kind of how that all plays out. Um, very difficult restarting there. We restart on the front straightaway mm-hmm. at the start-finish line. IndyCar restarts on the backstretch after the keyhole. That's what they use as their flag stand. Long straightaway gives you time to sort things out going into that corner. Right. Where we restart, you actually come off of what they call the carousel, and then there's a really tight kink left-handed corner. And it's it, 
the start finish line is so close to that corner typically only the first five rows are actually lined up and, and gridded up the rest of the field is still back in that carousel trying to get caught up so it's a mess and back then. it is a mess when you get back in that area it's it's very difficult and uh you know restarts are always something to, to watch out for there um not so much as as they are on watkins Glen from a, a standpoint of dive bombs because turn one is is essentially a one groove corner you can go two by two through there but you're not going any more than that and you don't really have a an opportunity to dive bomb into there. It's such a high-speed corner that you're you're up to speed and, and you're not really in a breaking zone. And you actually finished second there last year. We did, yeah. We uh, we got beat with some fuel mileage at the end of the race. Not just fuel yeah. mileage. Listen to this. First thing, thank you for the stat because I probably would have asked you for this. Chris Boucher obviously beat you to the start-finish line, but he went the final 38 laps. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. 38 laps without pitting for fuel? It caught all of us off guard. Yeah, I, we we weren't even <laughs> under the thought process that there was a fuel window there when they uh, when they stretched that out. Now let's give credit where credit's due. Chris Buescher has been fast on the road courses. He's obviously a good road racer. Uh, whether he's got a background of it or not, he's been good at all of them. He's had speed at all of them, um, and and you know naturally he he did a really nice job. We also had another issue. We actually broke a I believe it was a tailpipe there in oh, that race. Yeah. And I thought I was that. blowing up at one point and, and came on the radio and said, we're blowing up, we're blowing up. It never got worse and then realized, okay, this is what happened. But it completely changed all my shift points around the racetrack because it was that, it changed the motor that much. So, you know, we had a couple of issues going on. I felt like had that not happened, we could have put enough pressure on him to where he would have run out. Um, but because we weren't up there pressure and we were always 10 car lengths back, he had the opportunity to save fuel and, and do some things in different zones. Um, now, with that said, he still had enough fuel to go do a burnout after the race and everything like that. So I don't know that I don't know that we ever would have uh, pressured him enough to run, make him run out. But you know, I thought we had a car good enough to go up and, and at least try to pass him. Yeah, that was. Uh, I, me I remember watching that one and thinking, man, Busher's going to run out of gas. Regan's going to win this race, and that never happened. I think everybody was thinking that. I <laughs> you know were I thinking was that. in the car. I was I was shocked when he made it. When it got down to like three to go, I'm like, oh, they're going for it. They're not. You know, they don't because we we thought all along they had to pit. And they never pit. They kept going. They kept going. They kept going. About three to go was kind of reality for me. Like, they're not pitting. And mm -hmm. that was it at that point. Yeah, I mean, we can talk all we want about fuel mileage, but at the end of the day, and Regan will agree to this, a win's a win. A win is a win. However yeah, you get it. It doesn't matter how you get it. Again, I, and I've already said, he was fast. Yeah. You know, he was. He ran top five all day long. So it's not like they just luck their way into it or something like that. It wasn't a situation like that. So, uh um, you know, kudos to them, and, and as I said, he's been a good road racer, and uh, he's going to be one that we got to battle with this weekend. And kind of a special weekend this week. Um, we've got Ben Rhodes back in the number 88 going to Mid-Ohio for his first race, but you tested there earlier, um, and obviously everyone was kind of impressed with, with, with what Ben did, so hopefully he can put the bad luck at Watkins Glen behind him and, and move on and get a solid finish here. But each of our three cars, you and Chase as well, are running a, a nationwide children's hospital uh, special you're a special paint scheme. Everyone else is running a certain, um, what do they call this? The, na the names on a the cars. A patient champion yeah. is patient, what they patient call it. Patient champion yeah. program. So it's kind of a special weekend. Nationwide's very involved. I think you're going up to the hospital on Thursday. Yep, we'll be there Thursday. And, and to visit definitely some of the kids. one of those things that we weren't sure with Nationwide not being the title series of the sponsor, what was going to take place with that race and if that was still going to continue on. And, and I think we we're all happy to see when they continued that on um, that, uh, that that program came back this year. And, uh, and, you know, definitely for a good cause and, mm -hmm. and a lot of kids that get, get to come out and hang out and, uh, you know, have, have fun and not think about whatever else they got going on for the day. 
and uh, a couple cars in the field, mine being one of them, are painted up with, with different colors that the that the kids have designed. So I think we got Laney on our car this yep. weekend, and, and Laney has given us a very manly paint scheme to go out and show off full of uh, giraffes and butterflies and <laughs> purple and diamonds. And, diamonds yeah. uh, I mean, it, girls girls love diamonds, even at young ages. Yeah, they you know, do. You just can't get, can't get away from it. And then a couple of years ago, I remember the patient champion we had, you had a zebra stripe car, too, a pink zebra stripe. So Do you know of all the die casts that I sign right now, too? I, I feel like that's the one I that's sign the most, most popular. And it's always it's always little girls that are race fans that come yeah. up and have that. They <laughs> love that car. That car still sticks out. Well, that race is going to be Saturday, this Saturday, August 15th at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. That's on NBC uh, SN. And then MRN and Sirius will have that broadcast at 3.30 on, on the radio, too. And, Regan, I don't know if you want to hear the stat. The first name told me, as of this broadcast, and today it's Tuesday. Um, or, no, what's today? Tuesday? Wednesday? Tuesday. 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 I don't even know what day it is. Uh, there's a 50% chance of rain this weekend. Yeah, I've heard that stat somewhere else, and I don't want to hear that <laughs> stat. I, I, did, I did when I got to the shop today, and my, my engineer, Alan Hart, said that uh, he thought it was going to be in the morning. Alan's predictions of rain, though, have been anywhere from 24 to 36 hours off this year so far. So <laughs> I don't really take reliable. anything he says. <laughs> that. We're someplace, and I'm like, is it going to rain for qualifying tomorrow? Nope, it's not going to be here until at least 8 o'clock at night, 10 o'clock in the morning. It's downpouring. I looked at Alan, and I'm like, we're going to let Shoemate, <laughs> our other engineer, handle the weather from now yeah. on. That's funny. Everyone claims to be a meteorologist, and now with their phones, they can do whatever. Oh, that's great. Yeah. What, what other job can you be have a 50-50 shot of calling it right, you know? It's partly sunny with a chance of clouds yeah. and maybe rain later on. Any other job, you're going to get fired doing that. But yeah. Frauds is weatherman. <laughs> and now every weatherman <laughs> in the country is going to let us know what they think about first name. <laughs> We're like, producing that upfront show, that's easy peasy. All right, first name, why don't you take us into K1 Speed Hot Laps here? We'll wrap this thing up. All righty, K1 Speed is America's premier indoor go-kart racing center with 27 locations nationwide. There's bound to be one near you. Visit K1Speed.com today to find a location near you. That's the first time in three weeks I don't think Regan has thrown anything at anybody. I didn't, no. I, uh, you're getting through it pretty quick now, so I figure it's not worth even trying to mess you up. I got a, I got a sneak attack now and, and catch you when you're not expecting me. All right, heading to Mid-Ohio this weekend. We get to go to the Children's Hospital, as we as we spoke about earlier. Um, totally different perspective for me going there this year as, as compared to other years. I've always had a soft spot, a spot in my heart for kids, especially kids that are battling things that, uh, that they can't control. Um, but, but going there as a father now, it definitely sheds a different light on it for you. Um, looking forward to seeing all of them and, and putting some smiles on kids' faces. Uh, hopefully, if, if, if we can make them smile, I don't want to make them cry, so we'll make them smile the best we can. And looking forward to having Lainey join us this weekend at the racetrack with her face all over our race car. We hear this all the time, and it's been talked over and over and over, but we need a road course in the chase. In the cup side, we've, we've got to do it. Here's the balance. You've got 10 races in that chase. Uh, five of them are mile-and-a-half tracks. Three of them are one mile or just a tad more. Uh, one restrictor plate race and one short track. I know you're going to tell me Phoenix classifies as a short track, but just for the sake of length, we're going to say one short track. That's uh, that's a off, it's way off balance, if you ask me. You know, we know how important the road course races are. Um, it's time to put one there. I think we see some fireworks. <laughs> My big elephant in the room this week has been Cam Newton's fight yesterday in practice. <laughs> Somebody in the Charlotte Observer decided to write today how it was a demerit on his reputation. Lewis Riddick on ESPN decided to call him a bad leader. I don't see how it can be he can be a bad leader, but I do agree it was a poor decision, but I don't see why it has to also mean bad leadership. That's all I got.
It's always there. I was waiting for the horn before I said anything about any of this, though. I didn't see the fight, so I can't speak to it. I have been uh, completely tied up this week, but uh, I will speak to the road course in the chase. Yeah, let's um, what do you think? I, I Am I crazy? I agree there needs to be a road course in there. I think there needs to be a little bit more, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Instead of five mile and a half, as you said, we don't need that many mile and a half. It comes down to that program too much. Yeah. And, and you know, three, four of those is plenty. I think we need a little more variety in the chase. I think the drivers would all welcome that. The one thing that I, I do take a little bit of an issue with is hearing this talk about running the boot at the Glen. Yeah, why is that? I take issue with that because I think the Glen is good the way it is right now. Mm -hmm. I think that the race at the Glen is good the way it is. So what I would propose, if they are hell-bent for a race with the boot, and I would love to race the boot, don't get me wrong, I say you take the Glen as its current configuration is, you put that into the chase, and then you take and put a second race there utilizing the boot. Two races at the Glen. Two races at the Glen. We've got, and, and again, I'm a big proponent for more road courses. I think that it, it really, these cars race good on the road courses mm -hmm. it puts on a good show we've seen it how many times now to where it's exciting even when the race comes down to a fuel mileage race it's still exciting you know it's it just the road races breed excitement um, and this is coming from me being on the receiving end of some bad things on the road courses i think we need more of them i think it will help our sport grow there are so many nice road courses in this country right now that we can go to and and the glen for one has the best crowds of anywhere we go. I was, that was and my next comment. Deny, yeah. And I think that's part of the talk about the boot is they can get more people in there. Yeah. That's the one thing that nobody's really thought about as they've been as I've read some of these reports about it is well they can put more people in there and all this you know, all this camping, all the ticket sales, they can give more opportunities for people to see different places. But that's why I think that needs to be a non chase race and put the original Glen in the chase and do it that way for those that don't necessarily know where the boot is on the track can you take us through that where, where would you hook up on the boot yeah you hook up so the boot is after the carousel okay um, which is the big long right hander that uh, that's kind of downhill instead of going onto the straightaway that leads you into uh, what we call turn six in nascar terms the left hander um, that starts heading you back towards pit road you go straight off the end of that carousel and, and it's that area where we used to have all them big wrecks and they've had to they've adjusted it they've paved it they've changed that area well, instead of that, you just go straight right there. It would be an extremely fast section of the racetrack. I think the one reason why, for the longest time, NASCAR didn't run the boot and hasn't run the boot is because the braking systems, there was some concern over if our braking systems could handle it or not mm -hmm. with these heavy race cars. As we've grown and as we've gotten you know, more technology, the brakes have gotten better. Um, I think that concern has kind of gone away a little bit. And uh, it would definitely add a whole new element to that race. I've seen other series run that boot before, and it, it looks like an exciting section of the racetrack. Uh, I've never run it myself, so uh, it would be something new to learn. Lots to talk about this week, first thing. I know. I think that was, it was a pretty good show for us. I, great road, road racing, again, we've said it. Road racing <laughs> breeds breeds excitement, and it breeds uh, certainly a does. lot of different things. So uh, if, if we needed any more reason to, to go to more road races, there we go. We'll and you're totally and you're totally right. Like I was kind of surprised at the crowd this week at Watkins Glen. Just not only just around the track, but campers. It was they it were was sold crazy. out. They yeah. added camp. I actually had an opportunity to do an interview with Michael Printup, the the track president, um, this week leading into the race. And on on the side while we we're on a commercial break, he told me that they have added camping. They had to add overflow camping. Sold it out. Sold out every grandstand seat, and then. You know, walk-ups. They can sell as many walk-up tickets for people to just walk around the yeah. facility as they want to. He said they were as high as they've ever been 
on walk-ups. That's the past three years that the Glen's done this now. Um, Central New York is a hotbed for racing. Uh, you know, I think people uh, kind of overlook that sometimes. Central New York, Canada, that whole region, tons of racing, whether it's dirt track, road racing, ovals, you name it. There's racing everywhere. Um, they just can't do it quite as long in the year as the rest of the area right. in the country. Again, that's the only difference. <laughs> a little chilly up there. A little chilly, yeah, a little snow. Well, that's going to wrap it up here. Can you believe the episode 24? We just wrapped up episode 24. Just knocking through them all here. Yes. All right. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us. Uh, be sure to check us out again next week on uh, Dirty Mo Radio, your motorsports up front. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo Radio. Race fans, did you know Oscar Blues was the first craft brewery to put their beer in cans? That's right. In 2002, Dale's Pale Ale paved the way for the craft can revolution, allowing their great beer to be taken anywhere, on the trail, a day on the lake, and especially to the racetrack. And with brewery locations in Colorado and North Carolina, you can be sure you'll find fresh Dale's Pale Ale near you. Visit OscarBlues.com and find out where to get your Dale's today.